Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man, the only podcast that breaks down hard-hitting dialogue such as Be kind, Lady Luck, because Tom Seaver, I ain't. And Don't just stand there, you hippie twerp. You've got a gun. Shoot him. And Hey, Thor, stop the hammer. I want to get off. Here to provide analysis for those lines and so much more is my friend Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? Oh, I'm feeling good. Um, and these lines kind of foreshadow the silliness of some of the books we're doing today, James B. Yeah, these first two books are supposed to be what they call like, well, maybe below average one shot books. Uh, the other two are supposedly a decent two parter. Eddie, today my goal with you is to have only a single question for you from each book. So that would be four questions total. What do you say? Oh, thank goodness. I I don't want to try to answer more than that. Uh, also, we recorded earlier with Dana, and she's going to stick around, uh, but she didn't read the books. So she'll be here to input on one or two things. And we understand you don't have much to say, Dana, but how are you doing? Hey, everyone. I'm just happy to hang around here for a little bit with you guys. Okay. Well, here we go. From March of 1978, Marvel team-up featuring Spider-Man and Tigra in Tigra, Tigra, Burning Bright. I really like that title. By Claremont, Byrne, and Hunt. Spidey's swinging through the night when he notices someone stalking him. As he thinks he's got the jump on the shadowy figure, he instead gets a swift punch to the face from Craven. The two battle until Craven poison darts Spidey. I was so happy that wasn't gas, and takes him to his lair. There, a scantily clad Tigra and Spidey violently tango until Spidey gives Tigra electri- Tigra's electric collar a kick, releasing her from Craven's control. Uh, Tigra, who is Greer Nelson, has already been in Marvel team-up, but not as Tigra. Eddie, oh, man. do you remember her from Marvel team-up 8? and who the antagonist was. I, I saw this question, and I really want to know the answer, James B. And yet, in typical Let's Read Spider-Man fashion, I, I don't think I... I don't even think I have a good guess. Right. Uh, Dana, as only a listener of the show... <laughs> Save me, Dana. Do you want to... Do you have any guess at all? I mean, I would think you shouldn't, but maybe you do. Who's the antagonist of Marvel Team Up 8? Don't look it up, research girl. I I'm meant, not looking I it meant, up. Do you know who Greer Nelson is when she's not Tigra? That's okay. I'm just going to tell you guys. Uh, okay. Greer Nelson, Eddie, was the cat. Oh, And uh, Man Killer was the antagonist. There was a woman who was, I'm going to destroy all men, and she had a costume that was designed by a man. Oh, gee, I wonder end. how I forgot about that. <laughs> all right, we'll finish up the summary. In classic Spider-Man style, Craven gasses the pair, there it is everyone, and runs off. Uh, Tigra gives us a backstory of how she tracked Craven, only to have him capture her instead as Spidey and Tigra emerge from the depths of Craven's lair. They realize they're in the middle of an old animal park, and a stampede of wild animals charges them. Like lith-footed cowboys, they avoid the animals, and Spidey lands a haymaker... On Craven to end the book. Peter, during this book, comments to the reader that, like, oh, I should be in class right now. Uh, this is Marvel Team-Up's attempt to try to keep up with the other books, but it really has no idea what's going on in Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, or The Amazing Spider-Man. But I give them credit for trying. Um, before we go into our next book, 
I found something very interesting about this book. And since I'm not going to ask you more questions, I'm just going to tell you, this book has three characters in it. Craven, Spider-Man, and Tigra. Yes. That's it. There is not oh. another single human in the entire book. How bizarre. No background character, no night watchman, nobody delivering the mail, nothing. And Eddie, since it's a Marvel team up and there's only three people in the book, <laughs> and since Dana has no idea, I think it's time for a segment. You know what segment I'm talking about, Eddie? Oh, it's not Shakespeare. It's Marvel Team Up. All right, so we're going to do what's page 16 and 17. We'll do the bottom two panels of 16 and the first four in 17. Uh, Dana, we're going to assign you Tigra. Uh, Ed, do you have a choice? You want Spider-Man or Craven? I'm going for Spider-Man because I want to hear your Craven voice, James P. Mm. Okay, we'll see how that turns out. <laughs> so, Eddie, you can also do the narrator because it ha- you can do those voices too, okay? Okay. All right. All right, here we go. From a moment, time seems to stand still. What? What have you done? Throwing a monkey wrench into the works. Maybe, I hope. Craven, old pal, I've got the feeling it's a whole new ball game. And then... You... Hey, the lady talks. Uh-oh, from the tone of Tiger's voice, I think I also just struck out. Wait, she's looking past me, like I'm not even here. She couldn't care less about me. She wants... Craven! Your lord and master, Tigra. You were mine, body and soul, a moment ago. You will be so again. I'll tear your heart out first. Threats do not impress me, little changeling. As I told you when we first met against... Craven the Hunter, you are playing out of your league. Easy, lady, I've got you. And Craven's getting away, uh, getting clean away, but I can't go after him till I've made sure. Tigra's all right. Can't win them all, I guess. I said relax, Tigra. That gas hit you pretty hard. I'll, <coughs> I'll be okay. Sorry I attacked you. I. I understand, but what's Craven's beef with you anyway? And Eddie, what have we been listening to? It's not Shakespeare. It's Marvel Team-Ups. That's why I love that segment so much. All right. We'll find out if we get to do that again or not. (laughs) Oh! Because we got three more Marvel Team-Ups to go. The next book's from April of 1978, Marvel team-up featuring Spider-Man and Man-Thing in The Measure of a Man by Claremont Byrne and Bob Wyasek. Man-Thing is caged at a circus, and beast-loving Peter doesn't like it. After completing his date with MJ, he returns in the evening to free the murky beast with the assistance of a Spidey-loving hippie-twerp security guard. With the help of Doc Connors, Spidey charters a plane to fly Swampy back to Florida. Eddie, Doc Connors does not actually appear in this book. I hope you understand that. No, he, I, yes, he's not there. Yes, there are six other named characters in the book, not including the actual, like, villains and heroes, like six other just people uh, just, just keep showing up with different names. But Claremont doesn't want to have Peter with the lizard to complicate things. Speaking of complicated, in this book, they do feature Peter on a date with Mary Jane, But Eddie, I will give you one guess why I have a major problem with this. 
Is is this because MJ should be at the hospital with Aunt May right now or something like that? That is uh, an absolutely like A to A minus level answer. You basically, <laughs> I you almost got exactly what I'm looking for. Wow, Dana, I did it right. <laughs> do you want to? Do you think you can finish it off? He's almost got it. I haven't got a clue. What is it? This book takes place in April of '78. At this moment in April of '78 in the book. Peter is missing and Mary Jane's trying to find him. Ah. She's calling him and she's like, where is Peter? Where is Peter? And I'm like, oh, he's on a date with you. So, well, you basically have the right idea. Ooh, ding, ding, ding for me. I get one right. And thank you, Dana. Uh, well, the quartet, I guess, since we count man thing on the plane flying to Florida, crash land, but everyone's okay. Oh, with- Eddie, can you name any of the other people on the plane? Oh my goodness, it's Spider-Man, Man-Thing, uh, this woman who won't do anything illegal but flies planes all over, and then there's this a guy with sunglasses, with aviators. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, if you're going to say that quartet, you might you, next time you should include their names in your summer. Miles. The, no, I don't, the, I don't the girl's know. name is Nina, I think, but, you know, who yes, knows. sorry. It's true. All right, well. Just pretend so they're not there, because this confuses the reader. Like, <laughs> the they want to know who these people Oh, very important. <laughs> the four people on the plane. Uh, they crash land. Spidey uh, paddles after Swamp Thing, who, or Man Thing, who's bent on going one direction. Let it be noted, he forms his paddleboard, everyone. Uh, there, Spidey finds and battles Despair while I, I think trying. It's dis- I think it's supposed to be like Despair. Despair. I, I like saying it, duh, because it's spelled James B. D apostrophe capital S. P-A-Y-R-E, the sprayer. Yeah, I, I agree. It looks like a crazy name, but I would think that since it's like a, an energy-sucking demon, like despair just sounds right. But sure, you can right. say desprayer. Despair. I, I was hoping it would be like some Cajun theme, but this book disappoints I mean, Phonetically, me it's spelled. Dana, do you see the word? Yeah. Phonetically, I'm it's, looking at it's it. despair, right? Yes. Um, uh, yeah, you can pronounce it however you want, Eddie. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Dana. Uh, with her authority, I will continue. <laughs> to pronounce it wrong, um, go ahead. <laughs> I, while trying to free the captive Dacamine and the Enchanter and Jennifer Kale. <laughs> I'm sorry, this book. Eventually, the mystic pair are freed. They blow up the house and disappear. Spidey can't figure out what's real and what's not. Yeah, neither could I, James B. What a story this was. <laughs> so, Eddie, we just talked about Murder World. We love Murder World. We love Arcade. Those guys are so good. And Chris Claremont brings it back in 1981 in uh, X-Men 145, The Uncanny X-Men. I just love it. And Dr. Doom's. So it's a great book. Unfortunately, he also brings back Despair and Man-Thing in issue 144 to hang out with... Um, Scott Summers, Cyclops, and it's terrible. It's like such a bad book. And I remember specifically when I was collecting these books, they would sell them in like sets. And you're like, okay, do I buy all these books? Do I buy the, the compilation? Like the epic collections we use, you know? Yes. And the stupid despair book was always like one that like, I have to buy this one book. It's just so <laughs> awful. Oh, I couldn't believe this guy was in this book. Such a terrible time. Um, we're not going to talk about it anymore. And we're not going to make Dana read anything because... I just want to forget about this book unless you want to say something about the X-Men. I don't care. No, sir. Let's move on. 
From May of 1978, Marvel team-up featuring Spider-Man and Havoc in Night of the Living God by Chris Claremont, John Byrne, and inked by R. Villamonte. Alex Summers and Lorna Dane are enjoying a nice walk in Scotland when they are attacked by ancient Egyptians with lasers. I got nervous here since I had just read Man-Thing with all sorts of randomness. But Summers, also known as Havoc, is captured and thinks Lorna fell off a cliff to her death. The villains do let the reader know that they need to capture Havoc, but they're allowed to kill uh, Lorna Dane, which is Polaris. Uh, I, I think that's well written that they, they mm-hmm. let us know that. This line is not so well written. Um, between school and worrying about Aunt May, I haven't had time to play superhero lately. I'm sorry. It's May of 1978. Even Dana knows The Amazing Spider-Man just had its fifth goblin book. You may recall from our last podcast, there are not one but two green goblins plus Silvermane. I, Eddie, feel Peter has been playing superhero lately. <laughs> Besides, this Marvel team tries to tie in to Avengers 111. They're like continuing at Avengers 111. Read on. So you would think they could actually tie into like the amazing Spider-Man better. Yeah, I totally agree with you that Spider-Man has an incredible amount of things going on here. I mean, bazookas in New York shooting down the Green Goblin with Silvermane. Uh, And it would be nice if we could have something that ties into Amazing, but we don't get it, James B. Mm. Uh, Instead, Peter, back in New York, bumps into more ancient Egyptians who are stealing a box from one of his professor's offices uh, but when he tries to stop them, entangles himself in comical fashion. Uh, thankfully, Spider-Man tags them with a tracer and follows them, seeing Havoc restrained and unloaded from an ambulance. Spidey attacks, freeing Havoc, and as they are finishing mopping up the Egyptians, they are attacked by the boss, the living pharaoh, and Spidey is blasted away. It's hard for me to get excited about this issue i'm really trying because it says in my notes like this is one of the better marvel team-ups tell me eddie i know you're you like this action better than i do why is this considered an above average marvel team-up story Uh, i was worried when i saw these ancient egyptians because we just had man thing and all sorts of random non-connected things here but if we read through the story like you were saying there's quite a few connections between um, you know, between the X-Men and Spider-Man in here. Uh, there's a segment that I don't talk about too much where uh, Beast and Thor are brought into play and kind of discuss um, helping out, who we'll hear from later on. It's just a more coherent story, and seeing the living pharaoh appear, you know, gives us the climax to it at this point. Uh, speaking of, the living pharaoh and Havoc are very evenly matched. Uh, until one of the pharaoh's henchmen, Kesem, puts a magic onk on Havoc, turning Havoc's power against him. The Egyptians place Havoc inside a chamber, but Spidey shows up to stop him from being entombed. Unfortunately, Spidey accidentally does just the opposite and seals Havoc into the tomb, transforming the living pharaoh tenfold bigger into the living monolith. Yeah, still not into the story, Eddie. Well, let's just continue on, James B., and talk about... Because this is a two-parter. It is a two-parter. I mean, I'm glad there's a lot of X-Men characters running around. They just launched a second team back in issue 94. They're around 110 right now. So this is like 16 issues into the existence of 
the new team. Now, Havoc has existed because he's Scott Summers' brother, but like Wolverine and X, uh, Nightcrawler and Cyclops, they're running around. So, you know, X-Men and Fever is starting to pick up. So let's see if the X-Men can do something in the next book. Oh, wait, it's not about them. From June of 1978, Marvel team up featuring Spider-Man and Thor in Whom Gods Destroy by Chris Claremont, John Byrne, and inked by Tony Zeninga. Spidey is in the clutches of the living monolith, and it looks like he'll finally be squashed. He's trying to squash me. Thankfully, Thor is to our webbed hero's rescue. The two chat for a minute before the mighty Asgardian goes to battle against the personification of Horu and Osiris. Uh, I wanted to point out, with the exception of the Swamp Thing book, or is it the Man Thing book? Who even knows anymore? Uh, (laughs) The villain in each book, Eddie, is a pretty even match for Spidey's team-up partner. Agree or disagree? Oh, in particular in this one, and I, I am very excited to see an Asgardian god fight an Egyptian god. I mean, it's it's fun. I, I think you said particularly in this one. I mean, I think Tiger and Craven go pretty well together. True, and they, they are evenly matched. Yeah, and, and then literally in the last book, the book even says like the living Pharaoh and Havoc are evenly matched and they yeah. cannot, and they, you know, no, no one gaining any ground. And then the dude puts the onk on him and sucks all Havoc's power. So they're like, Oh, Spider-Man is just hanging out in the background. Can you imagine like two people doing their thing and someone's just hanging around the background while they're doing their thing? It'd be so Yeah. Weird. I wonder what that's like. <laughs> Thor is having trouble fighting the rival God when Spidey helps Thor with a new offensive strategy. Eddie, the line is actually Thor! Hey, Thor! Free the kid in the coffin and the model is beaten! He's, like, yelling it from, like, the ground. Yeah, and he, like, chucks his hammer. But at this point, I was super struck by the monolith. Like, there's this panel that just... I don't know how he actually heard Spider-Man, but the monolith yells out, Benighted simpleton, that's the worst thing you could have done. The casing is booby-trapped if you smash it. The boy will die and his universe-shaking power will be mine forever. (laughs) I, I really thought this was going to be like a, uh, you know, like a bluff and Spider-Man would be like, ha, you're joking. But instead, he like totally redirects Thor's hammer. And I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> what? it's like, you know, James B, I, I'm like, here's a cup of tea for you. And you're like, oh, thank you. And I'm like, now you've fallen into my evil plan to poison you, James B. <laughs> and you're like, oh, no, thanks. I don't want any tea. I'm like, darn, I almost had that guy. And he, <laughs> all this... Shakespearean reading in Thor. I can't resist. We have to do another two in one pod. Uh, it's called It's Not Shakespeare, it's Marvel Team. All right, so we're going to do page 22. We'll do the four panels at the bottom. Uh, Spider Man's thinking in the back. Um, uh, I'll be Spider Man, uh, and you can be George. And, yes, uh, and Dana, because you're sticking around, you get to be Martha. Swell. They right. read from the top to the bottom, and <laughs> it starts off with Spider-Man thinking, and he says, "But the monolith's tapping a near infinite energy source, cosmic rays. Can Thor beat that? I don't know. Maybe he can. After all, what the heck do I know about gods? Sheesh! I'm just spinning my wheels. I need to know what's happening. And he sees, by the way, for so the audience, he sees two people uh, on top of like a tower using little. He put those uh, like. The Chrysler Building. Oh, is it? And what do you call yeah. those little things? The little like viewfinder things, Eddie? What do you call them? Uh, like a like a lookout. Te- yeah, a lookout, a telescopic lens. Like okay, a, gotcha. Like All right. A, so he sees these two people, and they say and, what? Uh, 
Martha, will you please hurry? In a minute, George. Uh, excuse me, folks. I'm Spider-Man, your um, friendly neighborhood superhero, and I need to use those uh, uh, binoculars real bad. Do you mind? Uh, uh. <laughs> we most certainly do. I paid good money. Martha, for pity's sake, uh, shut up and give the man what he wants. Let's see. Thor's pulled out all the stops, all right? It's the... <laughs> It's incredible, a hurricane barely a half mile wide, and outside of it, everything's as calm as could be. But inside, how could any single being control that much power? Uh, thanks for your help, folks. I really appreciate it. If I had any brains, I'd leave this mess to Thor and go corral the Avengers, or even better, go home to bed. But I've got an idea, and all of a sudden, I get very lucky. I might even save the day. Well, Martha, enjoying your second honeymoon? Yes, Georgie, but I still wish we could see the rockets. End scene. That's It's Not Shakespeare, It's Marvel Team-Ups. That was great. I love that the Rockettes made it again, too, guys. Ah, <laughs> oh, they're in there on the Chrysler building. We're just getting all of our New York references. Well, let, let me finish off this um, summary here, James B., Learning of the booby trap on the coffin, Spidey returns to the coffin where he knocks out the Egyptian guards and ingeniously uses his spider sense to disable the booby trap, thereby freeing havoc. This immediately causes the monolith to vanish. Thor flies back to Spidey in Havoc where Havoc remembers that Lorna was in trouble. The book ends with Thor flying Havoc to Scotland to save his lady friend. In addition to our wonderful Shakespearean acting, thank you very much, Dana, there's another fantastically drawn panel uh, where something else comical happens in this book because it's, it's basically a big battle. If you look on page 14, <laughs> Spider-Man is holding on to Thor's hammer and it's, it's like crashing through a building. And Spider-Man looks directly at us. Once again, you know, breaking the fourth wall. And he's like, trouble is, if I let go now, I'll be mashed flatter than a huh? Because the hammer is changing directions very rapidly. I, I think this is great art from John Byrne here. It's a crazy battle. A, a lot of fighting, a lot of lasers. I did like Spider-Man flying around with the hammer. You know, that's that that's a good that's a good part. So, but otherwise, I you know, not 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 my cup of tea. All right. I, I like these two books, uh, the last two ones. The first two ones, one-offs. I mean, I, the only thing I have to say is Craven is such a main character of Spider-Man. I think they do him wrong by having him in like a one-off Marvel team-up where he just runs away at the end. There's a lot more story to Craven that we we should get. Dana, do you have any comments for any one of these four books? There are so many names in these books. Like, it's hard to keep track of all the different characters. Yeah, just reading them and then even summarizing them and looking at them, I still get confused, too. Well, one thing you could do to remember these books is you could make a purchase. Because after all, do you guys love toys? Well, the Tinkerer has gathered three Marvel Team-Up experts to help design the newest line of Marvel Team-Up action figures. Monster creator Baron Louis Von Schupp, the Mad Thinker, and the Puppet Master have lent their expertise to create the toys kids want to play and the collectors want to collect. 
This seventh set has three figures from this classic run with Chris Claremont's most famous heroes and villains from these books. Oh, don't tell me it's despair. Looks like it's uh, <laughs> one hero and two villains. Ooh. All right, I'm going to go with Havoc. Yep. Despair. Okay. And um, uh, Tigra. From Marvel Team Up 68, it's the, this is the good guy, it looks like, the hippie twerp security guard. He could say things like, holy cow, you're Spider-Man. That's fantastic. I am one Something of your biggest fans. <laughs> um, also from Marvel Team Up 68, which is great. That means interaction's coming. It's Amos Jardin, the circus owner, who actually says, you got it. Don't just stare in there, you hippie twerp. You've got a gun. Shoot him. Someone I completely ignored in my summaries and my reading of this book. <laughs> Uh, and someone you did ignore in your summary from Marvel Team 69, uh, an excellent villain who actually did influence okay. the book a little bit more maybe than Amos Jardin. Great. Um, it's uh, it's Kasim with his magic Ankh. Remember, he says, like, great one, I have him. And he throws the Ankh around um, Havoc. So, you know, think of the uh, hours of fun you could have where, like, Amos Jardin can be like, don't just stand there, hippie twerp. And hippie twerp can be like, oh, you're not the boss of me. And then the magic Ankh. <laughs> Uh, right, that's right. The magic Ankaiki came in, and he could like throw it on either one of them and change the trajectory of that fight. So, pretty good oh, set. Yeah, so, and we could watch the hippie fight the circus owner. Thrilling. Yeah, and, and, and don't forget, these toys are all the same size as the previous ones, so you could still have them fight against uh, Magia Roke or uh, Dean, you know, Beady, or depending on your collection, how, well, how involved not, not you micro are. Not micro-size wasp. I need like several wasps. Uh, yes, you seem to always want to play with the wasp toy for some reason. Um, remember, Doctor Alice is there as a doctor. It's, it's just it keeps going on. And, and let's uh, stop and play doctor for a while. There you go. There you go. So, um, Dana, you do you do you own any uh, figures, uh, Spider-Man toys or something? Um, I think I have one with his mystery gear, but these look promising. Is there a Martha? <laughs> promising. Is there a Martha? You know what? That's a great question. There isn't right now, what? but wow, what a miss that was, right? Dana, Dana gets to recommend things. What about yeah, me? Yeah, is there like a forum I can submit that, you know, a, I'd love to have a Martha collectible. I, a Martha? Uh, hold on. Let me just go ahead and... Something have, because you got to be her. All right. I just sent it out to Tink Bum Toys. I, I don't like to oh, bother thanks, them that James often. Yeah, they don't. I don't want to bother them too often because I don't want to upset them, but I sent my request for you. What a great sponsor. Look at them. A Martha toy. Okay. So um, excited. Eddie, what are we doing here? Is there anything else? Uh, we anything else? Are we just... No? Okay. I think I'm good, James. All right. <laughs> How can people uh, reach us? Email us anytime at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com. Particularly if you have suggestions, apparently, for Tink Pop Toys. Or you can find us on Twitter at Let's Read Spidey. Yeah, if you want Dana's contact information. It was in the last show. Um, <laughs> you can yell at them and if they yell loud enough or reach me by carrier pigeon that also works or a message in a bottle just float it down the river I'll get it Eddie loves carrier, carrier pigeons, pigeons. I do heroes of World War One pigeons and now it's time for the close I'm James B joined by Eddie and Dana and remember listeners if Craven puts a collar on you or Kasim puts an onk on your neck we understand you will not be responsible for what happens next Goodbye. Bye. Bye.
Eddie, I thought you were going to do more with that paddleboard company thing. Man, I really, uh, really wanted to, but this book, much like the character, caused me great despair. I, I, didn't, I just couldn't stay in the book. It's it's right on the cover, though, James B. Spider-Man is gondoling through the Florida swamps. There's never been a cover that's been more Spider-Man making web creations than this cover. It's totally up my alley. I did not like these books. I found myself reading them kind of quickly. Craven is a main character. Give this guy more. He really does very little in the book. That's why it bothered he, That's me. why Craven doesn't have his own movie yet. He's like the worst of the fans. good Spider-Man villains. I liked Thor battling Monolith. That was super fun for me. Like okay. seeing two well, gods go at it. I did not get this wizard and Jennifer. <laughs> What's her face? When I had to go to the. I Jennifer had, Kale. Yeah, Jennifer, <laughs> Jennifer Kale is the most. This is, is this. She's the this most prominent the, of all those characters. With the snazzy outfit. Really? When you look at the characters in their like, bio in the book, like on this yeah. website. She's listed in like the main characters, and then everybody else is in the secondaries. Cause she got a snazzy outfit on. She's like, <laughs> she's yeah. in like Daisy Dukes to start off with, and then she transforms into like Valkyrie bikini. <laughs> well, and whoever her name she is, is Jennifer she... Kale. She got a trendy name. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I read this, I thought, is this the year that all the Jennifers were named? Jennifer Walters. There's, yeah. Is there's, there another there's a one? Year, there's a year when like everyone was named Jennifer. Jennifer Garner. Jennifer Aniston. Uh, Some sometime in the late seventies, there's like one year where like Jennifer was tenfold the most popular name, 